Hello, and thank you for joining in our podcast for our Sunday School Lesson 10, November 8th in the year of our Lord, 2020, in the Unit 3, Godly Love Amongst Believers. And this week's lesson text is entitled, The Love Connection. And our devotional reading came from Psalms 80. 7th verse through the 19th verse, a background scripture come from John 15, 4 through the 17th verses, a printed passage is going to come from John 15th chapter, the 4th through the 17th verses. And the key verse reads as follows, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abides in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Next, coming from John 15, chapter 5th verse. And thank you for joining me. I'm Deacon Marvin Jackie Bowie of the Bethesda Missionary Baptist Church of David Street, where Pastor Edward Holly is our pastor, where God is everything. And everybody is somebody. Our lesson aim today is as a result of experience in this lesson, you should be able to do these things. Comprehend how the metaphor of the vine and the branches applies to Jesus and those who follow him. Also to yearn for a more intimate, life-giving relationship with Jesus. Also, we need to commit to keeping Christ's commandments and so and by in his love. But before we get started, I'm gonna offer a word of prayer. Eternal God, our Father, thou who art from everlasting to everlasting, it's once again we come before your presence as humble service, as empty vessels before a full fountain. We pray this day, O kind Heavenly Father, that you continue to keep us as only you can. We pray that you strengthen us as believers and bound us together in true Christian love. Continue to keep us connected to that true vine that we might be a source of your blessings, realizing with you we can do all things, but without you we can do nothing but fail. We pray today, O kind Heavenly Father, that you Touch all those that are under the sound of my weak voice. Continue to go with them and stand by them. Continue to keep your strong arm of protection around them. Continue to lead them and guide them. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. So today's lesson is going to be broken down into three separate outlines. The first being abiding in Christ produces fruit. And that's going to cover John 15, chapter 4 through the 8th verses. The second outline is love perfected. And that's going to cover John 15, chapter the 9th through the 13th verses. And our final outline is the basis of friendship, which is going to cover John 15, chapter the 4th through the 17th verses. And as we look at this unit, Three, 
which started last week, the last unit of our fall quarter, entitled Godly Love Amongst Believer. John is hammering a lot of points home in this lesson entitled The Love Connection. We realize we try to love, but we feel beaten down by the world's greed and jealousy. And the question is asked is how can we love one another in the face of the world's selfishness? And Jesus declared that he will be able to love one another. We will be able to love one another if we abide in him and keep the commandments and abide in his love as the Holy Spirit abides in us. So that says a mouthful there, you know, it's unless we are in Christ, it's almost impossible to try to show love, that type of love that God wants us to show, only because the world takes a lot of times it takes our kindness for weakness. So we gotta sometimes, you know, get kind of reserved with how we feel and how we express our feelings. And as we look at the day's lesson text, we're going to see a conversation that's taking place, took place between uh, the time Jesus and his disciple left the upper room after the Last Supper and their arrival to Gethsemane. And it's an analogy of a vine, a grapevine. And with that, being said, we can imagine that they might had a pass by a grapevine, which he began to illustrate his illustration for his teachings about remaining connected to God. So in John 15, 1 and 17, it poses challenging questions to the Christian community then and today about his self-identity. Now, what does it mean for the church to live as the branches of Christ, the vine? What would the church look like and what would be its witness? What would the church look like and what would it be its witness in the world if we love one another as commanded by Jesus and if we embrace the model of love he has set forth for us? What type of world would we be living in if everybody showed the love that Jesus expressed us to show for one another? Now, as Jesus end the near end uh, comes to the end of near to the end of his ministry, his earthly ministry, John grapples with the question of what it means to abide in Jesus and to serve God in a fallen world in need of God's love. So. It was serious questions being asked here and serious answers being given because Jesus was giving his disciples their final instructions on how to be about their father's business. Now, Jesus as the true vine is a metaphor that would have been readily understood by all those who lived in the time of this historic Jesus. It was so common and value 
would put on grapevines and through Palestine and throughout the history of Israel that any teaching based on vines and their growth would have been easy, an uh, easy concept for the first century listeners to grasp. Jesus is definitely speaking here in the language of the people. They would have also understood the role of the father as the master gardener or the vine grower who is responsible for removing, trimming, cleaning the branches both positively and negatively. The importance of the vine and the vine grower laying the role they play in the fruitfulness of the branches. So if you plant, if you ever seen a grapevine, it can, it can get pretty wild. And it, even in growing, it might not be bearing any fruit. It might just be growing wild, growing all over the place. You might have to cut branches off, but you might see a lot of vines that you don't even see grapes on. The task of the master gardener was to distinguish between productive and unproductive branches. Unproductive branches would be eliminated, while productive branches would be cleansed and pruned so they could would be more productive. God does the pruning and the removal. The church does not usually wish removal take place because of its attachment to its numerous sizes and a worldly sense of what is important. But as we look at this lesson text, I am the true vine, John 15 began a new phase of Jesus' farewell teaching, signaled by his departure from the upper room with the disciples in John 14. John sought to comfort the disciples' fear in light of his immense departure. Now Jesus gave the corresponding teaching regarding the disciples' duty and obligation during his absence. Having led his disciples out towards the Mount of Olives, Jesus began teaching them again, saying, I am the true vine. The vine was the Lord's people from which he desired a rich heartful of fruit, harvest of fruit. Uh, the problem was that Israel had never produced the fruit that the Lord had desired. It was in comparison to Israel's failure that Jesus declared himself the true vine. Israel became a false and wild vine through idolatry and wickedness. In contrast, the life of Jesus was pleasing to God the Father. Isaiah foretold, Jesus grew up before him like a young plant, Isaiah 53 and two. And out of his humble circumstances, he brought delight to the Father through perfect obedience. The fruit that God desired from Israel, but did not find, he gained for himself by sending his own son to be the true vine from which his new and righteous people would live and bear fruit. Now, when we consider the life of Jesus, we can see in how many ways the true vine is an emblem for our Lord. The grind grows from a modest beginning. 
is display great beauty with its leaves and its grapes. So also do Jesus overflow with a beautiful character and love. Just as the vine is the sort of life for its branches, Jesus is the true vine, the source of true and everlasting life for those who believe. Jesus taught, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, John 10 and 10. Just as the fruit of the vine bring joy and refreshment to the hearts of mankind, Jesus came to give true joy and spiritual rest to heavy laden hearts. In John 15, 17, Jesus says that he give these commandments in order that we may love one another. As in chapter 14, Jesus repeat again in chapter 15, the admiration to love one another. Why the repetition? It is because Jesus knew that our unwillingness heart needed the repeated emphasis. Moreover, he repeatedly urged us to love one another because everything he called his disciples to do was summed up in love. We gauge the quality of our Christianity by our loving treatment of others, a loving concern for the needs around us, and our love, loving prayer to God to help one another. The measure of a church is not merely the faithfulness of its doctrine, but the fruit of its love as well. Now, the analogy of the vine brings before us the importance of fruitfulness in the Christian life and the truth that this is the result of abiding in Christ and not of human achievement. We get so caught up in ourselves that we forget our mission statement. Jesus is not simply issuing some comforting advice. He is outlining the difficult but important way of service. Interestingly enough, all the Old Testament passages that use this symbol appear to regard Israel as faithful or as the object of severe punishment. Jesus' description of himself as the true vine is to be seen against this background. Moreover, Jesus did not say that the church is divine, but that he is the true vine. John 15 and 1. Believers are no more than the branches that are on the vine. Jesus immediately referenced the Father as the vine grower after declaring himself to be the true vine. Left to itself, a vine will yield a good deal of unproductive growth. For maximum fruitfulness, extensive pruning is essential. This is a fitting analog for the Christian life. This is a, a great analogy. Christians should bear fruit. The fruit of Christian service is never the result of allowing the natural energy and inclination to run rampant. So at certain times of our lives, our lives need to be pruned. We need to cut away from things. When I was a child, I acted as a child. I did things as a child, but as I became mature as a Christian, I learned to put away childish things. So we, in saying that, we need to be more productive in our walk with Christ. So let's get into our lesson text. Our first outline, abiding in Christ, a 
produces fruit. And that's going to cover uh, John 15, chapter, the fourth through the eighth verses. And it reads as follows. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my word abide in you, ye should ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glory, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So here we see in, in First off, in John 15, 1 through 3, we are told that Jesus is the vine and God the Father is the vine grower. And our fruitfulness and continued growth can only come through our abiding in Jesus Christ. See, a branch is not contained entity and neither is a Christian disciple. A branch separated from the supply of nourishment cannot produce fruit. Neither can the Christian. Fruit bearing for any disciple is totally dependent on direct, unending connection to Jesus. In verse 5, we're told that if we abide in him, he will bear much fruit. What is intended here is an understanding that disciples will live such lives that it will be obvious that they are abiding in Christ Jesus. No branches bear fruit in isolation. So it's essential that we'll assemble ourselves together. Therefore, we get stronger in this Christian walk. There is no use for a branch that is no longer connected to the nourishment provided by the vine. A dead branch is good for nothing. Every fruitful branch has a vital connection to the vine. So to abide in Christ is the necessary prerequisite of fruitfulness for the Christian. Fruitfulness doubtly includes both the production of Christian character and the winning of others to follow Christ. See, unless we're connected to Christ, see, we don't have any heaven or hell to put anybody in. And we don't have any, the scriptures have been written for us for reproof, connection, and, and, and correction unto righteousness. So we need to get more into the word and then apply that word to our daily walks of life. Therefore, we'll be more fruitful in this Christian walk. Abiding in Christ produces fruit. With that said, we're going to go into our next outline. Love perfected, and that's going to cover John 15, 9 through the 13th verses. And it reads as follows. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things 
have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that ye your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. So as we look at that, that outline, we're finding out that having led his disciple out to the Mount of Olives, he's given them specific instructions on how they should conduct their lives. And in conducting their lives in a way that Jesus has instructed them to, he began teaching them, saying again, I am the true vine. The vine was the Lord's people. And as I stated earlier, and uh, from which he desired a rich harvest of fruit. The problem was the Israelite had never produced the fruit that the Lord desired. See, because of their failure, he had to, he had, because of their failure, he had to uh, uh, change things up. He had to become a true vine. Israel became a f false and wild vine through idolatry in their, in their worship. They, they, they quit giving reverence to God. They quit doing the things that God asked for them to do. So his love was not being made perfect to his chosen people. So therefore, the focus here in seven, it continues the theme of abiding of or remaining in Jesus' decline. But the theme here links to the subject of prayer. It is not by accident that the two themes of fruit bearing and prayer are linked together. Their connection make it clear that branches bear their fruit through prayer. Prayer yields fruit as its outcome. Those who live are so in harmony with Jesus will find that prayer controlled by his word and such prayer will be answered and bring and add glory to God. So our prayer should be in the will of God. It, we, we pray for a lot of things that's not within the will of God. So when we pray to God, our prayer should be spirit-filled. Since the answer to prayer is something given to the disciples, we see again that the fruit is not the work of the branch, but the effects of the vine and the gardener working through the branches. In verse 11, Jesus speak of his joy being in us, which is turn makes our joy complete. Jesus means by this statement that he has the joy of living the completely fruitful life. And he warns that, and he wants that some, the same joy to be found in his disciple as they live fruitful in his name. Thus, the joy of which Jesus speaks emanates from communities with him. It is entirely connected with Christ that this joy, one of the fruits of the Spirit for John and for Paul. It is also a joy that cannot be taken away. Our joy is in Christ Jesus. He does not intend a cheerless bearing existence for those who love and believe in him. 
However, the joy of which he speaks come only from his followers are wholehearted in their obedience to his commandments. While it is true that Christians are sinners, they are redeemed sinners, and therein lies their joy. How can any person fail to be happy when he or she walks the way of life with Jesus? Jesus called his followers into joy. It is a life characterized by an inexhaustible joy and hopefulness in the promise of God. So God has promised us unspeakable joy, supreme joy, if we abide in him and and, 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 and keep his commandments. See, it's contingent, it's contingent on our obedience. See, most of us, we want the paycheck without doing the work. But God requires us to put the work in, to be obedient to his commandments. And therefore, he can funnel his blessings to us and others might be blessed by it. That's the whole basis of Jesus and, and God, the true vine, and the master gardener, that he prune us to the point where we bear fruit. The last and final outline, the basis of friendship, which is going to cover John 15, 14th chapter through the 17th verses. Ye are my friends. If ye do whatever so, so whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servants not know not what his Lord does, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that ye shall go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whosoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Then these things I command ye that ye love one another. And that's heavy. That's very heavy. In verse 12, we've seen the second time that Jesus had commanded his followers to love one another. The true test that will always mark his followers, that is the same thing that is sounded throughout the letter of John. Dear friends, since God so loves us, so also ought to love one another. No one have ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That's 1 John 4, chapter 11 through 12 verses. Love for one another is fulfillment of God's love for us, in us. And that's 1 John 14, I mean 4 and 17. Speaking of his own love for them, Jesus continued, no greater love has anyone than this, that he lay down his life for his friend. The expression lay down his life recall what Jesus as the good shepherd does for his sheep. When a sheep metaphor is dropped, Jesus' sheep becomes his friend, those who love he, whom he loves and care about. Love for one friend even to the point of death. So Jesus make it clear that the members of the, of the apostolic brand are his friends. But friendship depends on common aim 
and outlook, and does Jesus qualify you are my friend by if you do what I command? Once again, obedience is the test of your discipleship. The friends of Jesus are those who habitually obey him. That's obey him all the time. Verse 15 goes on to say, Jesus stated that he will no longer call his friends slaves because the servant does not know his master's business. The slave is more no more than an instrument. It is not for him to enter in any type of discussion concerning his master's business. The slave task is simply to do what he is told. But this is not the pattern of relationship between Jesus and his disciples. He has called them friends. He has kept nothing back from them. He has revealed to them all that the Father has made known to him. Servants and slaves customarily labored in the dark, uninformed about their master's purpose. Jesus brings them into his inner circle of knowledge. He transferred their label and position, and, and he positioned them as his friends. What are we no longer like slaves who have no right whatsoever to the end of the, pastor, the, 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 the presence of the master? We are not like a crowd that only get a glimpse of royalty as they pass. Jesus invites us into intimacy with God so that God is no longer a distant stranger, but now a close friend. Through Jesus Christ, we have a personal relationship with our father. He died there on Calvary's cross, though you and I will have that same right to the tree of life. Those who think that they are doing the Lord a favor by following him need only to be reminded that he did not choose. We did not choose the Lord. The Lord chose us. It was God's unmerited favor descended to us that caused us to be chosen in the time and space of Jesus Christ our Savior. If you rewind the VCR of your mind and, and look back over your life and realize the things that you have went through and what drew you to come to Christ, it was God working in your life at all those times. That time when you didn't think you were going to get out of the situation he had you in. The time when you, you, you had gave up. You was, didn't want to live, scared to die. And God stepped in and made these changes in your life that you might have life and life more abundantly. What Jesus is looking for in the friendship that he gives them is what they go out and bear fruit. The Lord has appointed us to go and actively serve his will. We are to spread the gospel far and wide as ambassadors of Christ. If Indeed, we become fruit bearers. Jesus get the glory. God get the glory. Jesus promised in verse 16a, but the Father will gives us whatever we ask in Jesus' name. So if you become productive, Jesus will give you the tool and the ammunition needed to draw others to Christ. We're so busy <clears throat> blocking people blessing because of the blessing that God's given us, we cut off at ourselves that we can't bear fruit. Our prayer should be that in the name of Christ, which means we should not pray for things for which we know the Lord would disapprove. 
We're too busy asking for homes and cars and more of this and more of that. Our prayer should be praying in keeping with God's will. Prayer is not always asking God for things we want, but often it is asking God to be able to enable us to accept the things he will for our lives. Give us the strength to go through the things we have to go through to be more perfect in the sight of God that we might bear fruit. The more believers love God, the more they will be able to love one another. Loving one another is the mark of Christian disciples. This has been demonstrated for us by Jesus who died for all who would believe in him. Our obedience to him is not the result of some type of enforced servitude or slavery since Jesus pronounced us as friends of God who are now able to learn from Jesus about the will of God. Our knowledge as friends of Jesus and God did not result from any capability of our own. Rather, it was given to us because we have been chosen and appointed by Jesus to bear fruit. That is to spread the wonderful gospel as our mission to others. In this way, God is truly exemplified in a living community of believers who love one another. That is God's purpose. That is the true vine's purpose, that we bear fruit. In our ourselves, we cannot do anything, but with God, all things are possible. We have to become fruit bearers. And it's our closing prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the love you have demonstrated for us in Christ Jesus and his death on the cross. We are grateful that you have chosen and appointed us to be your ambassadors of love throughout the world. Help us so to live each day of our lives that your love you have shown us will be passed on to others. We pray for fruit-bearing love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we look out into the world, we must bear more fruit. A closing thought, the privilege of abiding in Christ's care with it, non-negotiable responsibilities, obedience and love for others must characterize the life of every branch on the vine. Our challenge is to be strengthened, our personal relationship with God consistently through prayer, study, and the unconditional application of his word. The world. Believers cannot expect to bear the fruits of winning souls to Christ if they are not physically, visibly demonstrating obedience to his commandments and not failing to show love for each other. The world needs what he has chosen us to offer, but it will not be received if our lives demonstrate that we are not being obedient to his command to love others as he loves us. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. This is Deacon Marvin Jackie Boy of the Bethesda Missionary Baptist Church. May God continue to bless you. We know God loves you, may he keep you, and may you keep his commandment.